You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Show served up hot and fresh live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios, GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Home for all your plumbing needs. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here. Gary Ellerson, the former Packer and Badger running back over there. And then there is Leroy Butler, the inventor of the Lambo Leap, the Packer Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist here as well. And over there on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is Ben Fennel joining us now. Ben, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure joining you guys. I'm loving the tunes back there. Oh, yeah. Some fun stuff. Uh, I guess we get ready for the draft uh, coming up on uh, Thursday, getting closer and closer uh, to crunch time here for everybody involved and starting to hear some rumblings and some rumors of some teams like maybe the Denver Broncos, maybe the Atlanta Falcons uh, possibly moving up. At this time of year, what really do you believe and don't you believe at this point, Ben? Well, there's going to be a lot of smoke signals and misinformation and, you know, kind of false information out there as well to kind of get teams thinking that you may be interested in somebody else. And that's kind of the nature of the beast. And it's up to you whether you want to get emotional about it or believe or not believe. But, you know, this is the, the, the time frame for that. You know, all the tapes kind of put to bed, all the evaluations are put to bed. Now it's really just the, uh, the media narratives and seeing what can teams do or agents do to kind of manipulate the news and maybe, uh, turn up a little buzz on a prospect that they want bumped up the board or maybe add a little more competition to a player. But that's kind of what we get right now, you know, six days before the draft. You know, and, and all of a sudden, I don't think it's uh, it's been a better time really to take a quarterback. I think if you look at all the quarterbacks that, that are available, it feels like some of these guys could absolutely drop to the Packers. Now, I'm not saying the Packers should take one the first round, but you still have guys like Fromm that went to the University of Georgia, the, the, the Jordan kid. I mean, you still have some available talent that probably could drop to them second, third round, your thought? Yeah, absolutely. I'm part of the Ron Wolf campaign, and I, I think you take a quarterback every year. They're tough to find. You never know when you're going to find that diamond in the rough. I'm not saying you should always you know, uh, use up high-level draft value on a quarterback when you have a 36-year-old franchise quarterback, you know, that you really need to surround with some weapons. But drafts like this, you never know who's going to fall to you and where the talent can be. So I think you always need to be flexible, and you never know when you could potentially fall into an Aaron Rodgers at the end of round one or potentially a Tom Brady in round seven. So I'm just a believer in always kind of churning the quarterback drum and always adding some quarterback talent and youth to your room. Ben, how do you view – I got a couple questions real quick. How do you view the Rashad Gary pick? Number 12 overall, he got no production. So it's not really surprising because he didn't have a lot of production in college. But how does that – that's a 12th pick. How Does that impact your team at some point? Uh, because I asked another young man from another publication how many times that you'll see a team select a guy – and you actually take your head off and scratch your head, and and they 
when you listen to them, it fits, everything is great, and just doesn't pan out. Is it too early for people to judge whether or not this pick was a good pick or not? So there's about a four-year window to evaluate right here. And my assessment of Rashawn Gary, who is the number one player coming out of high school, was the University of Michigan thought they got a finished product. They were excited to add the number one player in the country to their Don Brown defense. And he was an exciting player for those first two years. But you never really saw the improvement or the development or really refining his game. And then as you looked at him as an NFL draft prospect last year, as a junior coming out of Michigan – suddenly you're realizing he never really ascended his game and really didn't refine the details. And in my opinion, that was a little bit on University of Michigan, not really working with him and developing his game. It seemed like they were excited to get a really talented player out of high school, which happens a lot with these five-star kids. They're explosive, they're athletic, they're fast, they're big, they're physical. He checked a lot of boxes. But now turn to the Green Bay Packers being the 12th overall pick. You have to keep in mind, we didn't really need Rashawn Gary last year, and I thought that was a kind of a benefit of having productive play from Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. I think Zadarius Smith was a top three, if not the most dominant and productive and consistent pass rusher in the NFL. Rashawn Gary only played 200-something snaps. We didn't really need him to contribute, and that's okay. He's a boomer bust prospect. He's 21 or 22 years old. I think it's still early to have any sort of definitive opinion on Rashawn Gary. He's still young, and he wakes up in the morning with things you cannot teach. Size, strength, athleticism, explosiveness. Now let's see if he can refine all the details in his game. A couple things I got for you, Ben. If you're looking at the draft or you're looking at the Packers team, last year you would have thought that they were a little bit weak at at receiver, I mean, do, do they go in and take a receiver there who will be on top of your list? And you also look at inside linebacker. I mean, I know they go out and get Kurtzke, but is, is there another guy, or, or do they try to fill that void too also in the draft? You know, my mind's kind of been cycling through on what they I thought they should address, and it was between linebacker, tackle, and receiver. And I'm going to give Christian Kirksey the benefit of the doubt that he's going to get himself healthy and back to those first two years that he was a productive player at the University of Iowa with the Cleveland Browns. So I don't think it's worth using a first-round pick on that position. I really like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, but I think we need to address the offensive tackle position, the future of the right tackle position, competing with Rick Wagner, and then obviously adding weapons around Aaron Rodgers first and foremost. I just want Matt LaFleur to take a page out of Kyle Shanahan's book and just look at what Debo Samuel did for their offense last year, take him in the second round out of South Carolina. And there are all different types of receivers like that in this draft, whether it's a Jalen Rieger or an Antonio Gibson or LaVishka Chenault, Devin DuVarnay, Lynn Bowden Jr., Brandon Ayuk, all these gadget hybrid receivers yeah. where essentially they're running back bodies playing in the slot. Can I, and can I, I think you could just take something small and make it big, yards after catch, tough catches, put them in the backfield. Offense doesn't have to be so hard. I just want one of these guys to take some pressure off of Aaron Rodgers, and I would just love for Matt LaFleur to grab one, if not two, of these types of players. Let me just give you a name real quick, and Leroy's got the next question. Uh, I like this kid out of Kentucky, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. What, what do you, have you looked at him at all? Absolutely. He was one of the names I'd mentioned in this gadget group. He's really intriguing to look at because 
In 2018, he was primarily a slot receiver. In 2019, they actually needed him to play some quarterback, and he had to fill in the quarterback duties for the final five, six games. Mm -hmm. It was much more of a Wildcat-style offense where he had 1,400 yards rushing. But he's a dynamic, dynamic athlete. I would challenge anyone to go put on his high school highlights. They're a lot of fun. He played both sides of the ball. He was a kicker. He was a returner. He did everything. He, I don't know what he is in the NFL, but he's <laughs> a guy you want to put the ball in his hands and right. say, do some work for me. And I don't know if that's a Tavon Austin, Percy Harvin, Randall Cobb, Debo Samuel. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. this offense doesn't have that, and they could certainly use it. Yeah, I just want to know the, the, the chemistry of the team if they draft a player that 30 and that guy can't help them beat San Francisco. So would it make sense for them to maybe move back and pick up another pick and just kind of do a little hopscotch, you know, like Jair Alexander. They trade it out, trade it back in, and got the player that they wanted. I mean, do you see them maybe moving back? Oh, absolutely. I think 30 is going to be the cream of the crop for some team to want to go get their guy, whether a quarterback sitting there or, you know, interior defensive line is a really down year. Potentially somebody at 30 wants to come up and get a Neville Gallimore or a Ross Blacklock at a TCU, one of those guys that there really aren't a lot of value on day two. But, you know, it's just a matter of who can come in and contribute right away and what are you asking them to do. And, you know, if you could stockpile some more picks on day two, there's a lot of value at the positions the Packers need, tackle and receiver. So maybe exchanging that 30th overall for two day two players, I think that's a pretty interesting proposition. Let's talk about explosive players that this team could take. You know, once you get past round one and round two, uh, even past day two, round three, let's say we get to, you know, day, you know, day three where we're talking rounds four through seven. Are there still a, is there still a, a name or two at running back or wide receiver where you're like, yeah, this won't be a first day or second day pick, but this player could still have an impact in this Packers offense or on Packers punt returns or Packers kick returns, that explosive player that has that home run talent that could really add something and you don't have to take that player early in the draft? Absolutely, and I love that word home run because I think everybody thinks of home run K.J. Hamler out of Penn State is a 4-3 player. He looks like Deshaun Jackson. But if you don't get K.J. Hamler in round one or round two, there's some options on day three, whether that's uh, John Hightower out of Boise State, who's a 4-4, take the top off the defense type of player, that I just think the Packers can use. And I know Valdez Scantling was an impressive 4-3 player, and they have some speed at certain positions, but they just need a straight, threatening burner. When he gets onto the field, you know he could take the top off the defense. And the way they're using these burners now, not only to stretch vertically, but to stretch horizontally as well with jet sweeps and end arounds. I think there's going to be some intriguing options on day three, whether that's John Hightower, whether that's Darnell Mooney at a two-lane, who's a 4-3-8 player. But it's these gadget players that are kind of receivers. They're slot players. They're returners. They're wildcat running backs. You can line them up all mm-hmm. over the formation. And, you know, if this wasn't su- such a deep year at receiver, we'd be talking about guys like Joe Reed at University of Virginia who ran 4-4 at the Combine. It looks exactly like, you know, Lynn Bowden Jr. and LaVishka Chenault. I just think there's a lot of intriguing talent in this, what I call gadget receiver category, that I think can check a lot of boxes for the Packers offense that they could really use 
uh, a style player like this. You know, I think in years past, leading up to the draft, you always have conversations between teams leading up to the draft. But I would have to think between now and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, there's going to be far more conversation than maybe normal just because of you really don't know technically how this is all going to play off. Commissioner's already said pretty much that, hey, too bad, so sad. You're getting the same amount of time as you would if we were in a normal situation as far as you know, getting all that groundwork laid, Ben, to possibly move up or move back and try and figure out who those trade partners are so it it's not while well, we're on the clock uh, and now all of a sudden we have a technical snafu uh, and everything gets all screwed up. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an interesting scenario. It's unprecedented, but, you know, that could also mean there might be some steals out there. And, you know, maybe people are a little bit, you know, not in their full mindset. Maybe they don't have their full draft room to evaluate decisions, and somebody makes a snap, you know, a snap decision or a drop of a hat, you know, type of decision on a pick or trading out or maybe trading somebody on their own roster for a pick. So, it's unprecedented. I think everybody's really interested on the dynamic of each of these pseudo war room basement setups from these GMs and what the chain of command and communication is going to be. A lot of questions, a lot more questions than answers for you. You know, Ben, I've been, been watching some of these little video clips that maybe you've been putting up or some other people have been putting up of, of Aaron Rodgers from years past. And you you, you know what I've kind of figured out? I've, I've, I've kind of figured out that I think Rodgers doesn't have what he used to have a, a good little while ago. I mean, it feels like that he's lost something on his fastball. Do, do you see that at all or no after this well, year? Well, when you said he didn't have what he used to have, that could have meant a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> Receivers, <laughs> okay. Illustrated. Yeah, you yeah, that. Illustrated yeah, we talk about that all the time. There, well, we don't yeah. have it right now. Right. Um, but, but as far as his mechanical ability at 36 years old, I still see the arm talent. I still see the most gifted right arm on the planet. Now, obviously, his ability to be mobile is kind of weaned down his mechanics, and, you know, he falls away from throws and is a little bit premature to break the pocket and has right. some bad tendencies. Yeah. Um, that mechanically, he's really earned – you know, he's kind of untouchable mechanically. He's so gifted and so talented with his right arm and has made so many impressive plays out of structure, you know, awkward platform, off his back foot. He really has immunity to throw however he wants. And this is, uh, you know, the the double-edged sword of Aaron Rodgers is you live by the sword and you die by it on these plays. So we get frustrated sometimes. He's thrown off his back foot and that ball dies, you know, throwing a deep out route from the opposite hash. And then sometimes he has some magical plays off his back foot. And, you know, it's frustrating, but this is the Aaron Rodgers we, you know, we've kind of been groomed to accept. And I think when we look back at his career, it's going to be a really interesting conversation to wonder who is holding who back and is one Super Bowl enough from a talented player like this. I think the the Aaron Rodgers complex is a very interesting discussion for a lot of reasons. Ben Fennell, of course, joining us. You can, of course, follow Ben Fennell as well on Twitter. Read all of his great stuff and uh, does great, great work for the Philadelphia Eagles as well as ESPN, NFL Network. Ben Fennell is everywhere. Ben, thanks so much, man. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you probably next week. Thanks, boys. You betcha. Take care. There he is, Ben Fennell on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Is your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. 
Uh, and now that we've had wind and snow and everything else, now the weather is going to start to get warmer. I would assume that means more people are going to start doing some stuff outside in their yards, maybe start working on some home projects since you really can't go anywhere at this point, right. uh, which might mean you start thinking about getting some new windows in your house now that it's a little bit warmer outside and it's time to start thinking of all that stuff, Gary. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, before we had this COVID-19, uh, the pillar windows and doors, my good friends over there built that uh, new uh, experience center over there in Brookfield for Blue mm-hmm. Mile Road where you can go touch and see and feel all the windows and doors that you're, that you're buying, Rolly. But here's what they've done now. They're now running uh, virtual appointments, folks. And, and what does that mean nice. for you? That means that, that customers only have to click on one link. Go to PellaWI.com. That, that's all you got to do. Go to PellaWI.com, guys. And any appointment schedule sold during this stay-at-home time will receive an additional 5% over and above current offers. The additional 5% over and above all offers will be in effect as long as it's safer at home orders for the state of Wisconsin or in it's place. It's been extended now. No, it's been extended, Roy. What, what did yeah. Governor Evers say? Yeah, uh, May 26th. May 26th. So yeah. now you got until May 26th to make that happen, guys. Go check my good friends out today. Thank Gina at for Pella doing that. Windows nice. and Doors. Yeah, Gina Della from Pella. She's always doing great things. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Virtual appointments. Customers only have to click on one link. Go to Pella WI. Dot com. Got some uh, breaking news uh, with the National Basketball Uh-oh. Association. So we'll do, we'll do that for the buzz. Get some bullfighting going here. Coming up next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.